March 13th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. Most Honorable Theophilus, many people have written accounts about the events that took place among us. They used as their source material the reports circulating among us from the early disciples and other eyewitnesses of what God has done in fulfillment of His promises. Having carefully investigated all these accounts from the beginning, I have decided to write a careful summary for you, to reassure you of the truth of all you were taught. It all begins with a Jewish priest, Zechariah, who lived when Herod was king of Judea. Zechariah was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary and burn incense in the Lord's presence. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Zechariah was in the sanctuary when an angel of the Lord appeared, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was overwhelmed with fear, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice with you at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or hard liquor and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will persuade many Israelites to turn to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, the prophet of old. He will precede the coming of the Lord, preparing the people for his arrival. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will change disobedient minds to accept godly wisdom." Zechariah said to the angel, How can I know this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And now, since you didn't believe what I said, you won't be able to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures that he must have seen a vision in the temple sanctuary. He stayed at the temple until his term of service was over, and then he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Just to catch up a little bit from last week, life hurts, and there are times when it hurts most. There are times when it hurts so much that we don't know if we're going to make it through or not. And we're just trying to be real. And in being real, we need to say that in those times when trouble comes, 
Now, we're talking about trouble, right? Everybody's on board with that if you were here last week. If not, we're not talking about minor irritations or, you know, little bumps in the road that we can sort of navigate. We're talking about big-time, faith-shaking, life-rattling trouble, the kind of trouble that absolutely closes down around us like a dark night. And I know you know what I'm talking about because I've heard from some of you since last Sunday, and I've heard about some great, big trouble. And we know that's coming. That's the reality of what we talked about last week. And in that trouble, we don't always have all the answers. In fact, in that trouble, sometimes we don't have any answers. But we always have hope no matter what. And the hope we discovered was found in the cross of Jesus Christ. That the only place we can turn when the bottom falls out of life is to the place where the Son of God gave His life for us. Now just so that we're clear today, you know, we've all come to church, but just so that we're clear, our message is not that Christians don't suffer and die. That's not our message. So, you know, we're not going to try to paint this really wonderful picture that says, hey, just give your life to God and everything will be fantastic after that. That's not our message today. But our message is great. And our message is that we won't see the grave as the last part of our life. That the grave isn't the end of us. Because those of us who put our hope in Jesus, and I think there's some of you here today like this, we've already been brought back from the dead spiritually in Jesus Christ. We've already been given the gift of eternal life. That will never end. And we've already been joined to a great God story that is about His goodness and His glory. It is a story that goes on into eternity. And so our message today is not, hey, Christians don't suffer and Christians don't have hardship. Our message is we have an overcoming Savior who has brought us back from the dead and the grave and death. They are not the end of us. I promise you, death will not be the end of me and the grave will not be my final resting place because I have already been brought back from the dead and I have been joined into a story with God that's going to last forever. Psalm chapter 56, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time the Philistines seized him in Gath, to be sung to the tune, Dove on Distant Oaks. O God, have mercy on me. The enemy troops press in on me. My foes attack me all day long. My slanderers hound me constantly, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. O oh God, I praise your word. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting ways to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O oh God, throw them to the ground. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. On the very day I call to you for help, my enemies will retreat. This I know. God is on my side. O oh God, I praise your word. Yes, Lord, I praise your word. 
I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 8. God rescues the godly from danger, but he lets the wicked fall into trouble. <laughs>